0: It's The Last Stand, and here is your host, Brian Custer. That's right. It is The Last Stand. I'm Brian Custer. We bring you the biggest names in the sport, and joining me today is one of the NBA's best players. This guy is a multi-all-star. He's one of boxing's best friends as well. You can call him Dame Dollar. You can call him uh, Dame Time. Damian Lillard joins us here on The Last Stand. What's up, Dame?
1: What's up, bro? What's going on?
0: It's good. Good to finally have you on. So, when it's in the off season, how much of your training in the off season is hoop? How much is your training boxing?
1: Uh, I think, um, obviously, I'm I'm always on the court. But when the season ends, and you know, I, that's tech. That's that's typically the time where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take a break. You know, it's a long season. But I gotta kind of get off the court a little bit, let my body rest. But the older I get, the more I'm like, you know, I don't want to get too far out of shape. You know, you uh, you know, it just gets harder on your body to to just completely take time off and then come back and, and get back to it. So I, I keep, you know, doing like, you know, just body functional exercises and stuff like that. And that's usually when I box the most, you know, just to keep sweating and to keep moving. Uh, Is like that time period, like that month and a half when the season first in, that's when I'm when I'm boxing the most.
0: Who introduced you to the sport?
1: Um, I don't think it was an individual. It was like my family just growing up, just all the prize fights. Every time my family got together, it was like, you know, the Super Bowl, uh, the finals. It was always those types of things, and we always watched prize fights. And, um, you know, eventually I got around to taking interest in Fighters on the undercard, and then I start looking into you know who coming out of the amateurs, and then up and coming fighters, and getting on YouTube and just finding dudes, you know what I'm saying? And then as social media grew, I just start to see random names and random people, and I start following them, you know, all the way up and to the point where it's like I got, I got friends now that's like, Bud and, and uh and Spence, they just made this fight, and one of my friends was like, man, I remember you telling me about uh those two in 2014 <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> I was like yeah like but that's just an example of how I just was like I've I've been on top like I, I find those dudes young and I'll be on top of it but I mean Dre like I've been I've been following Dre him being from Oakland I've been following Dre Ward for forever you know since I was a kid so I mean i always been into it
0: uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, we just had Andre War too, on the Last Stand. Uh, can you do? You remember when you fell in love with the sweet science?
1: Uh, I'd say I fell in love with it probably toward the toward the end of college. I'd say like twenty ten, twenty eleven. Like I was always a big fan of it. Yeah, but yeah. I say around that time, that's when I started like every day like when I have some downtime I'm like watching something with boxing you know what I mean and then it just kept kept growing (laughs) to the point where now I'm just like when I get off the court I'll finish working out and when I'm sitting there on my phone like people probably think I'm texting or on Instagram but I'm like on YouTube going to fight hype and Dante's Boxing Nation and Blue Blood Sports (laughs) and (laughs) <laughs> Radio Raheem, Ellie back. I'm like typing in all these things. I'm trying to see everything that's been said. Any new fights getting made? Like whatever. So, uh, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people in boxing, so I'm always on the phone trying to trying to get the scoop, so I can see what's going what's coming up, what's gonna happen. So it's it's definitely been a just gradually getting worse and worse to where I'm like, man, I might as well. Getting the promoter game, like I might. Right, you might as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. By the way, we got to get the last stand as part of your favorites, man. you don't even off everybody, but man, the last stand. Really. So we got to add that to your favorites. Sure. Um, uh, who in the NBA really got hands?
1: I honestly don't know. I don't know. I mean, really? I don't know. I mean, I. Uh, I used to hear David West. David West all the time, Jerry Stackhouse. Like, you know, I've heard those types of names, but I don't think you really know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really know who has, who really has hands. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really don't know.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Now, you mentioned it. We do have Errol Spence, uh, Bud Crawford, Showtime pay-per-view, July 29th. Who wins that fight and why, you think?
1: I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I I'm I'm usually able to pick a fighter, you know what I'm saying? Like but when it comes to those two, I I don't know. <laughs> I really feel like this is a 50-50 fight, like no outcome would surprise me in this fight. Like I could see either one winning by decision, I could see either one winning by stoppage. You just it just depend on how I go that night, but um obviously both of them top of the sport. Um you know, Spencey going He going to get to that body. You know, he going to bang. He tough. You know, he Southern, you know, tough. Just, you know, he going to bring it. You know, it's going to be a fight with him. Um, A lot of people talk about the accident and, you know, how he came back since. He came back and he fought Danny Garcia like no tune up. So he came back and he didn't do none of those little like, oh, let me just take this dude. He jumped right back in the mix, you know, and was beating dudes and then. You look at Bud being undisputed at at 140, he come up to 47. I think he'd have knocked everybody out he fought since he came up to 47, right? Um, and, you know, he, at first it was, man, who was he fighting? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and things like that. But, I mean, he, obviously it was controversial with uh, with Sean Porter, with his dad, and uh, stopping the fight But everybody stopped him. You know what I'm saying? He dropped him twice. He stopped him. Sean Porter ain't no he ain't no easy out for nobody. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people was thinking he beat Spence, even though it was a, you know, an earlier fight. But uh it, it's, you know, it's a toss-up for me. Like nothing will surprise me in that fight. I think um Bud is a lot stronger than people be thinking, though. You know what I'm saying? Like he like, wiry, strong, and his physique don't look. Don't look the way that he the way that he is in the ring. So I mean, you will hope that that arrow don't go out there and kind of think the opposite of what what that is. I mean, he I was watching him fight. Uh, uh, who was he? Uh, Spence broke his eye socket. Uh, Kel Brook. And he, like, knocked him out, like, with kind of, like, a jab hook. Like, they was real close. I'm like, that's, like, a different type of power. Like, it was weird how he just hurt him like that. I thought he was faking or something. But it's, like, that's, like, a different type of power to be able to do that to a big a big welterweight. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, man. It's going to be a great fight. Like, if I'm those two, I'm signing up for a trilogy, make all, make all that money. That's like probably the most money they gonna make together. And, you know, they both getting a little older. I know Bud is older than him, but neither one of them seem like they want to be boxing forever. So I think that's a, if they split, or I mean, if somebody loses twice, they for sure gonna make enough money to walk away. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right about that. Hey, everybody. I'm Brian Custer. Got some exciting news. We have a new sponsor for our show today. Caldera Lab, you know, say goodbye to that generic face wash on your counter because Caldera Lab is here to save the day when it comes to your skin. It's backed by leading clinical trial where 9 out of 10 men experience healthier, invisibly improved skin. Look, check out my mug. Caldera Lab has the tools to unlock your best first impression and confidence. Now, Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, By combining pharmaceutical-grade science along with nature's purest and most potent ingredients, in kicking off their stellar skincare selection, we have the Regimen Bundle. It's a a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Inside this bundle, you'll find the Clean Slate, the Base Layer, and the Good. All right, the Clean Slate is where you start your day. It's a balancing cleanser that uses gentle plant-based cleansing, leaving your skin types really exceptionally refreshed. Then you have the base layer. It's a nutrient-dense fortifying moisturizer that hydrates your skin. It absorbs fast, leaving you with that matte finish so you can start your day confidently. The Good, it's your go-to at night before bed, and it's really a clinically proven multifunctional serum that helps your skin look tighter, smoother as well as help reduce and you know what I'm talking about the wrinkles the fine lines see look at this just smooth brothers smooth I'm telling you it's ready to take your skin to the next level with caldera lab look no further than the icon it's that rejuvenating eye serum it's here to address the three most common skin concerns around that eye you know what I'm talking about the fine lines the dark circles and of course the puffiness it's committed, and I'm talking about Caldera Labs, to transparency, sustainability, and excellence. Caldera Lab is on a mission to better men's skin care around the world and providing itself on clean ingredients and doing right by their customers and the planet we live in. Caldera Lab is a certified B Corporation as well as a member of the 1% for the planet. Listen, get 20% off with the code Stand at CalderaLab.com. 20% off. CalderaLab.com. Make sure you use the code Stand. Unlock your UFO glow, folks, and you'll be ready for the summer with Caldera Lab. Um, what's the next mega fight, then, you would like to see happen?
1: I would like to see... David Benavidez and Canelo. Like, I think that's that's the one. You know, obviously, the the background of being Mexican fighters in boxing is is legendary, period. The fact that Canelo is Canelo, I think David is, you know, people have kind of gotten on to him. Now they see him and they're like, man, like, the Mexican monster, he deserved that name. Um, what he just did to Caleb Plant, and Caleb Plant is like a, a high-level fighter. So, um, you know, I think people want to see it. Like, Mexican fans want to see that. You know what I mean? And they love Canelo, but they like, this who he needs to get in there with. So, I think that's the, honestly, I think that's the, the next major fight after, like, Bud and Spence. I think it's also still some some major fights at, uh, at Lightweight, too. You know, a couple more of them dudes could mix it up and you know, tanking tanking Devin, tanking Shakur. Um, what is it? Anyway, and St- uh Steven Fulton. Like, like that's coming up. I think that's gonna be a major fight. Like for boxing fans, you know, the world might not really know either of them like they like the boxing world do, but I think that's another major fight. Um I think Fury and Usig is a is a major fight. Like I wanna see that one. I still think Wilder and Joshua is a major fight they got. Like, I think that's a big one. So, I mean, a lot of them, man. I
0: love love how you pointed out the Benavidez Canelo because Canelo's always talked about daring to be great. Well, to me, daring to be great is fighting in your division and putting all of your belts on the line and stop going up to, you know, 175 or whatever. Dare to be great in your division, especially when you got an unbeaten guy and two-time champion like Benavidez right there. Uh to me I'm with you. I think that would be a phenomenal fight. This always makes news when you when you do it. Give me the Damian Lillard, pound for pound, top five fighters in the sport right now.
1: Pound for pound, top five in the sport right now. <clears throat> Bud Spence. Uh Bud Spence, Tyson Fury, Anyway, and Make sure I don't leave nobody on. Buzz, Ben, Perry, anyway. And Canelo, probably, I'd say. I'd probably say that's top five.
0: Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh Where where do you see Tank Davis?
1: Like Tank is Tank is like that. I just feel like <clears throat> I wanna see Tank fighting like all these dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like he... I think Tank resume is strong. You know, I don't know why people act like it's not. I think it's strong. Um, I just feel like those other dudes, like, you know, they I would I would consider putting him in there over anyway, cause he just he just beating up those dudes. Like I'm not when I, I've seen him fight enough times where I'm like, they just seem overmatched. You know what I mean? Like it's like he don't it don't look like he's he has that that healthy fear of like I could come out on the other side. Like no Donaire really like pushed him one time and then the second time he was older, so it just went different. But like that pressure don't seem like it's on him. You know what I mean? And in a lot of those fights, it's like he know he gonna punish those dudes. So that that would be the only thing um, yeah. that would make me be like, all right, I, I I'll put Tank in over him. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know.
0: Yeah. Are you, su- Dave, are you surprised that your social media tweets about boxing a lot of times goes more viral than your social media tweets about basketball.
1: I mean, I don't even know how viral either of them go. Like, I don't know how viral my basketball tweets or how viral my boxing tweets go. Uh, But boxing is uh, is a sport that people love. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying people don't love basketball, but, like, boxing and combat sports period is like a it's a lonely sport you know it's like it takes a, a warrior to go out there and it ain't like you going out there playing one-on-one basketball like you're going out there to fight and you fighting in front of millions of people you can get beat up you can get knocked out like so like man it's i think that makes the fans just a little little crazy about it you know what i'm saying so um I think because I'm so deep into it and when I say stuff like the people that are major fans of boxing and they're passionate about it, they see that I'm like, I'm into it. And it gives them something to, to you know, to, to hook on to. So I think that's probably why.
0: Look, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk to you about some some basketball stuff, obviously, with the finals going on. Talk to me about. What do you think about the current state of this NBA that you're playing in right now? What do you think about it?
1: Um, it's definitely evolving. Um, you know, from the day I came in the league, it's a different league now. Um, and it's positives and negatives to that. And uh, I would say the, the, the biggest positive is, you know, how we're able to capitalize on, you know, what we do financially. Um but the talent of the game has grown, the way the game is is played is different than it was before. Um, you add social media to that, you know, the, the entertainment side of it, you add that to it and it's it's just different. Um, but I think more more than anything, what I recognize as a player, like somebody playing a game that is more balanced than it's been, you know, in a while. The last couple of years has been um, a lot more parity. What's the biggest negative? I think the biggest negative is the the fact that entertainment is so helpful to it, but it's also um, has a negative impact as well. When you talk about social media and um, what matters to to some people, you know what I mean. Like it's not it's not like you can't you can't have the kind of compensation we have and the type of exposure we have um, without some of the things that also become a negative, you know what I mean? Like you got to take the the good with the bad. It's that type of thing. Like it ain't all, it ain't just about, you can't just come out there and say like, oh, it's just for the love of the game. We just want to play and we don't want to do this. We don't want to do that because the other things bring what you ultimately want. It's like a fighter. It's like a fighter that's the best fighter, but people don't want to watch him. And, you know, he's 42 and 0 and beating everybody, but he don't talk. He don't talk trash. He don't dress crazy. He don't say nothing crazy. He just beat people, you know? So that fighter might not, that fighter might not make 30 million in a fight. He he might be making 5 million or 3 million or whatever, but he's the best. But that's not what people want to see, you know? So I think it's kind of, we kind of in that type of, Space where it's like it's going great in all those ways, but we got to compromise and we got to, you know, the game has to has to come with other things, you know, to to keep it a great fan experience as well.
0: You you've been in Portland a long time, so I, obviously people look at it and say, you know, that's Dame's team, but it seems now a lot of these guys are coming right into the league and like, hey, this is my team, this is my franchise, almost as if I don't know what, maybe entitled. What do you think?
1: I would say entitled is the right word. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily their fault alone. You know, it's, it's the culture that's been created. And the way we talk about it, you know, this guy's a franchise guy. And this guy is the, like we talk about Wimby Yama, like he's the greatest prospect ever across sports. And it's like, okay, when he comes in, what do you think he's going to expect? Whether he believes it or not, if this is what everybody's saying he is before he even touches the floor, you don't have a choice, but he's the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a fran- he's the franchise player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's obviously it's going to be a positive for the, the player because he's going to be welcomed. It's going to be a comfortable situation and all these things. But it, it takes away that, you know, that fight that you got to have to, like, earn your stripes and to earn what's given to you and when you don't have to go through that process it ends up kind of hurting some people because then you just expect it you just expect things to happen you know when you don't got to fight for it and you don't got to earn it it doesn't have the same value to you so then you're more likely to you know let it slip away or do something to to uh i guess risk it all because you don't know the true value of it you know you didn't have to come here and really like get in the mud and dig for that. It was, it was almost handed to you, you know, at the, at the gate. So, um, you know, I do think it's a, it's entitlement and, you know, people got managers and trainers and agents and all this stuff when they 12, you know, 11, 12 years old. So they, these people are talking that speaking that type of life into them to where that's how their mind is wired. You know what I mean? So it's, it's definitely changed the game for sure.
0: If you were commissioner, uh, biggest change you would like to see the nba implement
1: um i would say the biggest change that i would if i was a commissioner i would like it would be mandatory to have two vets on the team like i'm talking about real vets like like how miami got you down as haslam you know what I'm saying? He can mm-hmm. play if they need him to play, but like a real leader, somebody that's been around, somebody that's gone, that, you know, guys going to have to respect. And, you know, it's almost like, I don't want to say it like that, but like a father figure on a team because guys coming in the league so young yeah, and they having all this money. And now they, you know, it's almost like they get everything and it's a, a dream come true, but they're exposed to a lot of things that, you know, can put you in a world of trouble. And your parents ain't always going to be able to be there to to hold your hand. You're going to be trying to distance yourself from your parents because you want to live. So it's important to have people that is on that journey with these young dudes to kind of steer them in the right direction and show them the way properly. So um, I think one thing is like the league is just getting younger and younger and younger. And, you know, it's dudes that's being called, you know, that's exiting the league. That's the oh, man, he's done, you know, when they 31 years old, you know, like. When they talk about me, they be like, you know, he's aging and this, this, that. I'm like, I'm 32. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, you know, he's an (laughs) aging super. And I'll be like, they talk about, like, just the way they speak about players that are vets is like, I'm aging. like, what do you mean? Like, I'm 32 years old, bro. Like, I don't, I don't have no crazy injury history. I don't live a crazy life, but it's just, we're ushering in 19-year-olds, 18, 20, over and over. And it's like what they really need is people on these teams that are older to kind of help keep the culture in in order. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a great, great point. And and along those lines, obviously the league is, they said they're going to wait until the finals is over to uh, administer the punishment to Ja Morant. If, If you were his mentor, if you were on his team, what advice would you give Ja Morant?
1: I would have a lot to say. You know what I'm saying? As somebody that, I come from an environment of, you grow up around what you grow up around, and we know as many ways to try to control that environment. Some people can't be controlled. Um, sometimes you have success and you think that you can get away with this or that, but I mean, I would have a lot to say, but I'm not going. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say this is what I would tell them. You know, everybody and their mama got some advice mm-hmm. for them right now. So, um it's just an unfortunate situation. You know what I'm saying? A, a superstar, a superstar athlete, you know, uh, a young man uh, that's, you know, just start, that's just getting started. Major shoe deal, all these things. You just hope that, um, you know, he's able to learn from it and move on, you know, and continue on the, the path that he's been on. Hey,
0: everybody. I'm Brian Custer. Our next partner, Athletic Greens. You know, I take AG1 by Athletic Greens, literally every day. You think I got like this overnight? No, it's because of AG1. And I wanted to try it because I wanted better gut health, increased energy, immune system support. I take AG1 in the morning before starting my day, and it really makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body, like covering all my nutritional bases. And it's great before your workouts. It's made with 75 super high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, that deliver benefits like mood, immune system, and sleep support, sustained energy, and really so much more. You know, really quickly, I noticed that it helps me with improved digestion, and I feel great, and it helps support my sleep. I like that AG1 is delivered monthly, so I don't even have to think about it. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs to go with your first purchase. All you've got to do, go to athleticgreens.com slash last stand. That's athleticgreens.com slash last stand and check it out. Uh, um you hear basketball aficionados hesitant to give Nikola Jokic uh his just due. Um but the guy is a two-time MVP. Um give me your thoughts on the Joker as a player and do you believe the Denver Nuggets can become uh the new dynasty of the Western Conference?
1: I mean, I don't know I don't know why they're hesitant on Joker. I don't know what I don't know what that what that's about cuz I was on I was on live the other day and I was just like when I really think about it, he's probably the best player in the league. I mean, obviously, there's more gifted players and more probably talented dudes out there. But, like, he's probably the best basketball player in the league. He shoot threes. He score on the block. He bring the ball up. He make plays. He's smart. He go to the line. He's in shape. He plays with good pace. He rebounds. Like, he gets triple-double after triple-double without forcing the triple double like he's playing the game the right way he's not seeking attention he don't care about the interviews he don't care about getting attention and who they give credit to he just play and it's not a it's not an act you know what i'm saying like to me that's what i like about him the most is like he just do what he do dominate and like who he is is, is truly who he is you know what i'm saying um and like as far as the them as a team like what they could become um you know they paying a lot of dudes like a lot of money you know what i'm saying like that team is paid for so um with the new cba i think it's gonna be tough for them to keep it that way you know and i think that'll be what that'll be the one thing that they'll have issues with to just kind of to really have a real run like you know a golden state or something like that i think that'll be the only thing that'll get in the way of them just kind of like being up there and whoever gonna get it got to Got to see about them. I think you will regardless because they got enough good players. But as they are right now, it's going to be tough based off the Mm. the new CBL.
0: When you talk about uh, the league, and and work with me here because, you know, obviously you look at some of the biggest stars in the league. And and, and I'm talking about you, LeBron, Steph, aside, you know, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, all of these big-time stars in the league aren't from America. And when you look at who's going to be the top pick of the draft, Victor Webinyama from France. And as you talked about being the greatest, everyone's talking about the greatest thing that since sliced bread to come into the league. The year after that, who's going to be the number one pick? You can't even name who's going to be that that guy. You Some people say, well, wait a minute, there's Bronny James. Well, Bronny James is not going to be a number one pick. And, and if you're honest, he wouldn't be a top 10, 15 pick if, if his last name wasn't James. Does the NBA have, let's say, an issue because we don't have any great American stars coming down the pipeline?
1: I mean, this is the thing. you always going to have some American stars. Like, he he's going to, Wimby's going to be the number one pick, but... I mean, look around the league. Of course you got the Jokers, the Lucas, the Giannis. Um you gonna have those dudes. You know what I mean? They are they coming from, from Europe and you know, scouts go over there and they like, this the guy. He's one of those you know, he's one of those guys and they bringing them over, but they going they also going to colleges around the United States and they like, Oh, you know, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, they like they when you look at the the larger, I guess, some of of the parts that we are as a league, you're gonna say, okay, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, uh, Jalen Brunson. Like, I mean, I'm not naming, you know, just big the biggest of names, but like all the best players on the on the teams are yeah. are American. You know what I'm saying, but you always gonna have your pool of like European stars that come over here and they're gonna do their thing. You know what I mean? And that number is growing, but you always gonna have Americans like basketball is, you know, know, yeah, it's our game, right?
0: Um, Listen, I, I I know I'm biased, so I'm gonna ask this because I am biased, and I believe that Dame, you are loyal to a fault, but I think it is a shame that we don't get to see Damian Lillard playing in May and June every single season. Do you think it is – we finally have come to the time where it's a time for Portland to trade Damian Lillard to a contender so we can see Damian Lillard every May and June?
1: I mean, that's I think that's a loaded question because they could trade me to somewhere that – we all say, you know, this is a contender. But I mean, what is it gonna what is it gonna cost for me to get there? You know what I mean? Like what is it gonna cost the team that we're saying is a contender for me to get there? And how is it a guarantee that we're gonna be playing in June when I get there? How do we know if everybody's gonna be healthy? How do we know if it's gonna gonna work out? You know what I'm saying? Like when Russ went to the Lakers, everybody was the Lakers. You know what I mean? Then they got Russ coming off the bench like he's not a Hall of Famer, like, and try to try to put a battery in his back, like, man, if you come off the bench, that'd be like, man, that's worse. Russell Westbrook, like, what? But like, um, n- n- neither thing is guaranteed. You know what I mean? If I go here or go there, I mean. So I mean I really don't know, but <clears throat> I think I've made it clear. You know what my wishes are. You know I want to do it. I want to have an opportunity to win in Portland, and you know right now we got the we got a, a opportunity asset wise to to build our team that that can build a team that can compete. You know that would be the number one thing. But if we can't do that, um, then you know obviously like I've said. You know, for months now, like then, it's a separate conversation that we would have to have. But um, you know, I got you know, we just got to let things take its take its course and and see where it lands and, and go from there. But it's no guarantee that I'll be playing in June, regardless of the situation. You know, of course, I'd love to to not have not been in the playoffs the last two seasons, even though I was in the prior eight. You know, the eight before that. You know, just being in it every year is different, not being there. But um you know, I'm always staying to fight and, you know, people make fun of it. Like, man, run from the grind and this, this, that, you know, people make fun of that. But I mean, I'm not a fool, you know, I'm not, I'm not crazy. And, uh, I love the organization I play for. I love the city I live in and I'm gonna give them every opportunity to give me, uh, or give us what we need to have a true chance to, to compete for that. And, you know, if that's something that, is impossible, or it's something that can't get done. Like I said, it's a, then we got a, a different conversation to be had. So, what'd you see. think
0: about your homie? And this, that's your boy, C.J. McCollum said. "Quote: I think this is the summer that Troy, that Portland finally trades Dame. I think they have the assets now, and they know that they can get a lot in return for him." Uh, what'd you think when you heard when you saw that quote?
1: I mean, I didn't even see the quote. But yesterday, that's funny you said that because yesterday he was at my house. (laughs) He didn't tell you that? (laughs) I'm about to tell you. So yesterday he was at my house and we was eating sushi and drinking a bottle of wine. And uh, we was watching a game. And he was like, (laughs) you saw what I said, right? (laughs) And I was like, no, I didn't know what he was talking about. And he was like, man. You know they think I know what's going to happen. They think I know what you got on your mind. And they asked me, and this is what I said, and he told me he said that. I was like, man, that, that don't surprise me at all, man. CJ, gonna he going to speak his mind. So <laughs>
0: that, That's pretty funny. Uh, and, and I think a lot of it is because, man, there's been so many stories circulating like Dame Lillard to New York, uh, that this is the summer that the Knicks make that deal, or Dame Lillard to the Miami Heat. Uh, This is the summer. Your thoughts about that when you saw those stories?
1: I mean, I don't don't really. I see these stories every summer, bro. Like, I see these stories every single summer. So, I mean, I don't know. It's like, this ain't nothing new. Yeah, interesting. This ain't nothing new. Okay,
0: Dane, for everybody who comes on and uh, we get questions from social media, people who support and watch the show, they always submit them. We got a number of them for you, but we'll only get to a few here. Uh, First one comes from Twitter. It's from Orlando. He asks, what's your current favorite division and favorite fighter within that division?
1: My favorite division in boxing is lightweight, 135. And my favorite fighter in that division is... Right now, my favorite fighter in that division, I'm going to go with Devin Haney Mm. because... I mean, I love I love Shakur Stevenson, I love Shakur Stevenson, and I love Tank. Um, but I, you know, Devin from Oakland, yeah, okay. man. So I got it, yeah, got it. I went to Australia last year to watch Devin become undisputed because I'm always I'm always roll with the town. I, you know, just the same way I roll with yeah. Dre. You know, I'm rolling with Dre. I'm rolling with Devin, and you know, I also just the way people. Deal with Devin, you know it's always the criticism. They always got it's always something with him. Um, but he a kid, he a disciplined fighter. You know he committed to the sport. He don't take shortcuts. You know he live a he live a good life. You know what I mean? He a good young dude, and you know he come from that school of boxing. You know the Zab Judah and you know Floyd Senior and Floyd. He been in that camp since he was a yeah. kid. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He been he comes from you know the the school of boxing so you you got to respect it and i think now that he's undisputed and he's having his success it's always he don't have the power he don't do this he don't do that you know it's always a takeaway but they not respecting the fact that i mean this dude jorge lenares ain't no he ain't sweet at all like they talk about him getting hurt by him like he didn't drop loma you know what i mean like so, I mean, he beat Linares, he beat Gamboa, he beat Jojo Diaz. Like, he been in there with some... Like, he ain't just been, you know... I know he started his career where he was at, in Tijuana mm-hmm. or something. 16 he had, like, 10 fights over there, 12 fights. But, I mean, he been fighting dudes. He been fighting. So, like... And then just the fight against Loma was controversial. I thought it could have been a draw. Or 115, 113, either right. way. But I wasn't mad at that decision at all. You know what I'm saying? Like... It's always you got to dominate the champ until it don't fit what people want to yes. happen. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't dominate the champ. He took the last round off, which could have, if he didn't and he won it, that was a draw right yeah, there. Yeah, you're but. right.
0: It's a good point. I mean. Good point, good point. So,
1: yeah, man, I'm, I'm rolling with Devin. I'm rolling with
0: Devin. Um, El Cabron asks, give me five boxers that you love to watch the most.
1: Five boxers I love to watch the most. I'm going to say Jamel Charlo. I love Mel because he got like a real mean streak. Like he really be mad. He really mean what he say. He's not pretending at all. Like he take it serious. Like I I love Mel. So I'm going to go with Jamel Charlo. I'm gonna go with Tyson Fury because I just think he' entertaining as hell. Like he's just an entertainer and he can really fight. Like he just he'd be so loose and then he just go out there and just dominate. You know what I'm saying? And he do it with like kind of just lighthearted, not overly emotional. He talk, you know, and he back it up. So I would say Jamel Charlo. I'm gonna go Tyson Fury. I'm gonna say uh, I like watching Tank. Because Tank bring like a different vibe to boxing. Tank is like, the vibe that Tank brings to boxing is not like Floyd. No, no. It, it's not like Flash. It's it's not like Flash. Nah, no, it's hip hop. It's.
0: Yeah. It's like an Allen yes, Iverson absolutely. type. Yes, absolutely. It's like an Allen yes, Iverson type You got it right. He is the Allen Iverson like of he boxing. dressed at the
1: press conference. Yeah. yeah. Like he bringing his own flavor to like boxing and like his ring attire. The artists that he come out with, you know what I'm saying? Like, just his stuff is different. It's, it's very AI-like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I'm going to say Ch- Mel Charlo, Tyson Fury, Tank. Um, I'm going to say uh, Boots Ennis. I like Boots because, like, just how militant uh Bozy Ennis is. Yes. How militant his dad yes. is. Like, just how his dad, like, I was watching an interview, his dad was like, man... My kids don't wear mouthpieces. You know, we don't get hit. Like, just like the, kind of like that, that type of tutelage and that type of background that he come from and like how you can just see it in his performance and in his demeanor that is not loud, it's not extra, but it's like that, that real confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then every once in a while you would get like a little bit of like arrogance and cockiness right. out of yeah. him. Like, that reminds me of like what I come from. Like how my dad is and how my background is. So like, I really like that dynamic, you know, what they got going on. Like, they got a janky-looking-like gym. (laughs) They set up is just, like, real, just, like, they set up is real, just regular and real neighborhood-like, you know. So I'm going to go with Boots. One more. And then my fifth one, my fifth one, I'm going to say,
0: uh... You got um, Arrow, you got Wilder, you got...
1: But... Watching Wilder fight, he make me... Wilder make me nervous. Because <laughs> it'd be like, you know, dudes just be boxing them, and they'd be, you know, probably winning rounds, and I'd be just like, just hurry up and just land. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, I'd be getting nervous waiting for him to land, because I'm like, I don't think he's winning. Any <laughs> cars. Like, and I'd just be waiting for him to land, and I'd be just... I'd be uneasy the whole fight. I don't be liking that. Um... Uh, I'ma say uh Devin. I mean I like him. I'm just thinking of fighters that ain't yeah. like that I really when I yeah. watch I'm like looking for like what did he mm-hmm. say? What did he mm-hmm. you know what I mean? What did he um I guess I'll go with uh Big baby Jared Anderson. Oh my god.
0: That, that that one that one came out of left field.
1: I like I like watching him. I like watching him because he carries himself like he's already at the top yeah. of the division. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Man, like he... and it's not fake confidence. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, y'all don't know. Yeah. That. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He always got a different ring yeah. walk. Like, he really in the game. He's so coming. He's definitely coming. go Okay. He's definitely coming. Var
0: asks, give me the top five NBA players you think would have a decent boxing career.
1: In no order. I'm going to just say five. Yep, no order. I'm going to say James Johnson. Okay. I'm going to say uh, myself. Mm-hmm. Um, DeMar DeRozan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm trying to think of some some other people that I. You uh, do it, it, it got to be just current players or
0: what? Oh, uh, they just said five NBA players you think would have a decent boxing career. Top five NBA players.
1: Okay, well I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go James Johnson, Kendall Gill. Yep. Jerry Stackhouse. Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan. I feel like I'm missing somebody that I heard in fight, but I'm going to say me too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I like it. Um, B.J. Freeman asked, if you could compare yourself in the way you play basketball to the style of a boxer, name that boxer you would want to be.
1: If I could compare the way I play basketball to a boxer, Andre Ward.
0: Oh, okay, I love that.
1: Like, I'm like, I'm like that really, I'm like that for real on yes. the inside. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not loud and I don't, I don't talk a lot of trash, but like, mm. I'm here for whatever on the inside. Like, you, you won't, you'll find out when it gets, when it, whatever level it goes to you, right. like, they'll see, you know, but like, that's how Dre was. And they, you know what I'm saying? He didn't yes. always get his, his just due. He didn't always get his credit, but, uh. You know, his respect level was high and he went out there like as a discipline. He went out there as a discipline fighter. He was sharp. He knew his opponent. He was prepared. You know, he had that real bite. You know, he could bite down a little bit crazy. You know what I'm saying? His faith is strong outside of the ring. And I'm I'm that same type of, you know, athlete. Every once in a while, you know, like Dre, uh, like, I remember I went to uh, Dre versus Kovalev, the second fight. And uh, I was backstage with Dre, like, before the, uh, before the like, weigh-in and the face-off the day before the fight. And uh, I was on stage when they actually weighed in and they faced off. I was standing right behind Dre. And uh, Kovalev was like, I I end your career. I end your career. And Dre just was looking at him and he was like, you going to get what you're asking for, dude. Like... You going you're gonna get what you're asking for I was scared I retired because I did I knew I didn't win you're gonna get what you're asking for yeah. and I was like that's some shit that I would say you know what I'm saying I wouldn't get I wouldn't say nothing crazy I would just be like you're gonna get what you're asking for yeah like we're gonna right. see and I was right. like that like that was so I that was it. just that was so me I you know what, what I'm saying last week <laughs> I
0: like it I like it all right Dante last one Dante um Stephen J. asks, have you ever seriously thought about leaving Portland?
1: It was never what I wanted to do. I'll say that, you know, it's always like I've always said, I want to stay in Portland and I've meant that. But uh, a couple years ago, we lost to Denver in the playoffs. And um, that was a year that I felt like it's open. You know what I'm saying? I felt like I felt like it was open I felt like we could have you know made some ground we played Denver in the first in the first round and they had like some injuries like a couple dudes was out and uh we had like a I think it was game five at Denver it was game five at Denver and I had like 55 10 assists six rebounds triple overtime like and I'm just like, I remember getting to the arena that day, like we win this one and we finish them four to two at home game six. And, you know, we probably going to end up playing like I think it was like Phoenix ended up winning the next round. They beat the Lakers. But like we played well against Phoenix that whole year. I'm like. It's going to be a tough series regardless, but, you know, this is our path to like Western Conference finals. And then, you know, I was looking at it like that. And. uh we lost game five. We went home. We came out strong game six and they beat us. After that, I was like, man, like something got to happen. You know what I mean? And I was really I was really frustrated after that. I was like, yeah, that was probably yeah. the most frustrated I have I had been in my career and it wasn't towards. You know, a lot of times you don't know if it's like towards the organization or nothing. Like I love the organization. I just was like, man, like. I wasn't. This I wasn't ready to stop playing right now. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep going. And I was really frustrated. And I was just. Right. It wasn't yeah. directed at the organization. It was just more so like I was frustrated with like why are we not going. You know what I'm saying? Why are we not going? And my heart was just in that. Like I, in my mind, we finna go here, or right, we gonna play Phoenix. We are gonna be in a tough one. You know, I was kind of thinking like we going. And the fact that it just we lost, we end up losing four to two. I was like, I was frustrated after that. So I say at that time, that was the that was the one time where I was like, Man, you know, maybe maybe this ain't how it's gonna work, you know? Hmm. Interesting.
0: Okay, Dane, we've come to the last section of the show. We call it the last stand. I'm just gonna ask you a series of questions. Yep. You just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? All right, here we go. Favorite nickname: Dame Time, Big Game Dame, Dame Dollar, or Sub Zero. Dame Dollar, love it. Uh, Damian Lillard aside, who is your favorite NBA player to watch right now?
1: Me aside, my favorite player to watch right now is Devin Booker. Devin Booker been my favorite player for like the last three years.
0: Right now. If you read online, you hear these analyst talks. Everybody keeps saying Damian Lillard is going to be traded to the Knicks. Damian Lillard's going to be traded to the Heat. Damian Lillard should be traded to the Celtics. Damian Lillard's going to be traded to the Nets. If one of those trades went, went through out of those teams, which one would you be like, ah, that's not too bad?
1: Miami, obviously. (laughs) 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 Miami is the obvious one, and Bam is my dog. Bam is my dog for real. But I mean, I think Miami the obvious one. Brooklyn is obvious one is another obvious one because Mikael Bridges is my dog too. So I mean, and both and both are you know capable have capable rosters. So
0: interesting, interesting. All right. October twenty fourth, when the NBA tips off the new season, do you think Dame Lillard will be in Portland? I do. Okay. Uh Dame Lillard aside, best rapper in the NBA right now.
1: Best rapper in the NBA right now? I honestly don't know. I mean, it'd be so many people, it'd be so many people that rap that like when I first started doing it, I'm like, I'm the best rapper in the league. Now I'm just like, I started doing, I started, you know, I'm, I'm about to put my fifth album out this summer. Like I started to make money from my music and my music career started to kind of like move along. I stopped even really focusing on like, who's the best. Like, cause I didn't already established that. I'm Dame Dalla. My My music career has its own life aside from my basketball career. So it's not, for me, it's not even a competition with other NBA players no more. I think when it comes to technically, like technical, like rapping and really like writing, writing the music and really like putting it out there and being consistent and like going after like a true artist, like I don't really think it's nobody close to me, like in that, in that way. But I haven't really, I haven't, I haven't heard a lot of people's music though.
0: I, I can understand that. If that's the case, can Dame Dollar give us just a couple of bars, just a couple of freestyle bars,
1: man. Uh, I only freestyle on Sway in the morning, man. Me and Sway got a handshake deal. <laughs> come on, bro. Sway in the morning. Bro, come on Sway now. Sway in the morning and bars on I ninety five, man. <laughs> those my you two. You can't give black f- us give us those a those bar bars from the new black deal. Bars. From Nah. <laughs> from- you can't Sway give Sway in the us morning and bars on I ninety five. That's where I drop bars at, man. Shout out to bars on I. I-95. I got to
0: text. I got to text Sway, man. When we done with Sway. this
1: get approved yeah, and, swag, right. and I got you next time <laughs>
0: I love it okay who's winning the NBA finals
1: I don't know I think it's going to be a tough series for both I could see either team winning it a lot of people saw last night and they like Denver winning it but it's like series change every game after you know Miami when Miami started playing that zone towards the, you know the back end of the second half they got right back into the game and they weren't making shots the bench didn't play great um and they, you know, eventually they had it to 10, you know, Denver called a timeout and they could have, and, and Denver also made a lot of shots. So, um, you know, if Miami come out and win game two, everybody going to be like, Miami's going to, you know, it's going, that's how the series go. This team going to win that team going to win. What are they going to do to respond? And they go back and forth and then when somebody win, then people act like they knew already, but you never really know. Miami got like a real fighting spirit. They're going to play to the end. They gonna steal some games like they did it against Milwaukee. They did it against Boston. Like they gonna continue to to play that way. That's who they are. You know they're not just having random success. It's who they are. And uh, you know Denver is a machine. So you just you just gotta sit back and watch it. But I think it's a. I mean either one of these teams could could pull it off.
0: I, I, quiet is kept because I I heard you say uh about Bam being your dog, I could see you being on the Heat because you and Jimmy Butler would be two pit bulls. That would be a team of pit bulls if you joined the Miami Heat. That would be something.
1: Jimmy is my boy. Jimmy is my boy too, though. I, I rock with Jimmy. Bam is my partner for real. I talk to Bam all the time, but I'm I'm cool with Jimmy too. Um, but, I mean, I ain't really – honestly, you ask me where I, I think I'm going to be in there a blazers uniform and that's what i'm i'm you know participating in trying to build what we need to build and you know that's that's where i am um uh, you know so it's so what it is miami won the championship that definitely ain't happening
0: <laughs> i love it uh look this is what we do on the last 10 we bring you the biggest names in the sport and then when you talk about the nba it gets no bigger than damian lillard and especially in boxing now uh Man, I've been wanting to do this for a while. It's been great to have you on. I want you to have a great summer, and I look forward to seeing you in Vegas at Spencer and Crawford.
1: Yeah, I'm more than likely going to be there. I hope they make that uh, Ryan Garcia and Rollie's fight, too. That would be a solid little matchup. Ryan Garcia and Rollie's would be a good one. They did. Absolutely. The dude that Rollie's fought last, the 40-year-old, they did him dirty. They did him dirty. Dirty. Yeah, Barroso. He, of I know. First he was winning. That was a, that, He was winning. That stoppage was way Roley. too quick. Roley yes, caught him with a good shot yes. and pushed him down. They gave him a knockdown. Yep. Then they stopped the fight in the middle of the exchange when Barroso is yes. getting the better at the exchange. He stopped it like he was hurt. I was like, "What are we doing?" Yeah, that's the worst. I, that's the worst I've seen. I know. I know. In a long time. No, I'm with no. That was bad. That was bad. You're
0: preaching to the choir on that one. I'm with you on that one. Um, uh, But, man, I appreciate you, Dame. Uh, Have a great summer. And, folks, thanks for watching. Uh, That's what we do here on The Last Stand. We bring you the biggest names in the sport, and it gets no bigger than Damian Lillard. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you again next week.